You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. On the Road with Mac and Molly is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to 1-800-PETMEDS.com forward slash road, R-O-A-D, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. Welcome to Pet Life Radio's On the Road with Mac and Molly. We're delighted you found us, as Jean, Mac, Molly, and I are new to this neighborhood. I'm your host, Donna Haleson, and in this episode, I'll be talking about some of the itches and inspirations, from wanderlust to the wind in the willows, that moved us to auction our home and a good bit of its contents so that we could head out on the road with our sibling pair of four-year-old Old English Sheepdogs. We'll get after all of that after these messages. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. There's a movement afoot. Shoebuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop Shoebuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. Shoebuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code ROAD, R-O-A-D, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at Shoebuy.com. How many pets is too many? Do you know somebody whose life is overwhelmed by their animals? Maybe we can help. We're looking for people to be in a new TV series about really large animal families. We can offer expert help, free resources, and the chance to tell their story. If you or someone you know owns a house full of animals, call us toll-free at 1-877-MY-8PETS. That's 1-877-MY-8PETS. Attention passengers, please fasten your seatbelts, put your seatbags and sleeping pets in their full upright position, and prepare for takeoff. Pet Life Radio presents Travel Tales, the show where you'll get great travel ideas on perfect places for you and your pet. From Paris to paradise, south of the border to the South Seas, Travel Tales will give you cool tips on fun vacation destinations to travel with your pet, pet-friendly hotels, and advice on how to travel safely and happily with your furry best friends. So, get ready to pack the bags and the bones with your Travel Tales hosts, Susan Sims and Nicholas Veslowski, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to On the Road with Mac and Molly. In this episode, we're focusing on some of the itches and inspirations that have fed the burning desire in us to chase after ever-changing horizons. 
Fifty years ago, John Steinbeck heard the call of what he called bumdom, and he answered by setting out in search of America in his three-quarter-ton truck with his little house built like a small boat cabin atop it. On the side of the truck, in 16th-century Spanish script, he painted the word Rothenante, referencing Don Quixote's worn-out, broken-down horse. Steinbeck's companion on the journey was his old French gentleman poodle, Charles Le Chien, Charlie, whom he described, when clean, as of a color called blue. The dog was a born diplomat who preferred negotiating to fighting, a canine who knew a little poodle English, but who would respond quickly only to commands in French. As Steinbeck and Charlie made final preparations to hit the road, friends came to visit at their then home at Sag Harbor. And in his friend's eyes, Steinbeck saw something that he was to see over and over in every part of the nation. A burning desire to go, to move, to get underway, any place, free and unanchored, away from any here. As my husband, Gene, and I have been preparing to get on the road, we've seen in our friend's eyes that same longing. It's a longing that had built up in us until we could deny it no longer. Some months back, I purchased a copy of Steinbeck's Travels with Charlie and found my heart resonating anew with the author's opening words. Steinbeck wrote, When I was very young and the urge to be someplace else was on me, I was assured by mature people that maturity would cure this itch. When years described me as mature, the remedy prescribed was middle age, in middle age, I was assured that greater age would calm my fever, and now that I am 58, perhaps senility will do the job. Nothing has worked. Four hoarse blasts of a ship's whistle still raise the hair on my neck and set my feet to tapping. The sound of a jet, an engine warming up, even the clapping of shod hooves on pavement brings on the ancient shudder, the dry mouth and vacant eye, the hot palms and churn of stomach high up under the ribcage. In other words, I don't improve. In further words, once a bum, always a bum. I fear the disease is incurable. I set this matter down, not to instruct others, but to inform myself. When the virus of restlessness begins to take possession of a wayward man, and the road away from here seems broad and straight and sweet, the victim must first find in himself a good and sufficient reason for going. This, to the practical bum, is not difficult. He has a built-in garden of reasons to choose from. Next, he must plan his trip in time and space, choose a direction and a destination, and last he must implement the journey, how to go, what to take, how long to stay. This part of the process is invariable and immortal. I set it down only so that newcomers to bumdom, like teenagers in new hatched skin, will not think they invented it. Once a journey is designed, equipped, and put in process, a new factor enters and takes over. A trip, a safari, an exploration is an entity different from all other journeys. It has personality, temperament, individuality, uniqueness. A journey is a person in itself. No two are alike. And all plans, safeguards, policing, and coercion 
are fruitless. We find after years of struggle that we do not take a trip. A trip takes us. Tourmasters, schedules, reservations, brass-bound and inevitable, dash themselves to wreckage on the personality of the trip. Only when this is recognized can the blown-in-the-glass bum relax and go along with it. Only then do the frustrations fall away. In this, a journey is like a marriage, Steinbeck concluded. The certain way to be wrong is to think you control it. Fifty-nine years ago, Jack Kerouac wrote the novel On the Road, a largely autobiographical work based on road trips he and his friends were taken on across America. It is viewed by many as a defining work of the post-war beat generation, a generation that was inspired by jazz, poetry, and drug experiences. When the book was published in 1957, the New York Times hailed it as the most beautifully executed, the clearest and most important utterance of Kerouac's generation. The novel was chosen by Time magazine as one of the 100 best English language novels written between 1923 and 2005. Well, while I love jazz and poetry, I'm not up for any drug experiences, and I'm praying our journey won't be filled with as much loss and sorrow as one finds in the pages of Kerouac. But like Kerouac, like Steinbeck, like contemporaries from Michael Palin to Stephen Fry to Ewan McGregor to Jewel and Ty Murray to Rick Steves to Anthony Bourdain to countless others, I just want to be on the road. I don't want to control the journey on which we're about to embark, and I don't want to take a trip. I want the journey to reveal itself. I want the trip to take me. Just about the time we actually get on the road with Mac and Molly, I will celebrate a birthday. Coincidental to Steinbeck, my 58th. But unlike the man who set out on the road in 1960, as I noted before, I will have not one, but three companions, my husband and our two old English sheepdogs. Actually, I'm hoping I'll have far more companions than even that, as I'm looking forward to being on this adventure with you. The wanderlust has got me. I've got an itch to travel. And as I just noted, I'm not alone. Type on the road into your search engine and you'll find at least 367 million entries. Many of them, I'll bet, speak to folks wandering, wayfaring, peregrinating, and trekking. And you know who else got that itch? And who else has served as inspiration for us? The Wind in the Willows, Mr. Toad of Toad Hall. Scottish author Kenneth Graham, in his 1908 account, shared how Mr. Toad introduced his friend Rat and Rat's friend Mole to what he described as the only genuine occupation for a lifetime, that to which he proposed to devote the remainder of his days. Here's what he wrote. Come with me, dear Ratty, and your amiable friend also, and you shall see what you shall see. He led the way to the stable yard accordingly, the Rat following with a most mistrustful expression, and there... Drawn out of the coach house into the open, they saw a gypsy caravan, shining with newness, painted a canary yellow, picked out with green, and red wheels. There you are, cried the toad, straddling and expanding himself. There's real life for you, embodied in that little cart. The open road, the dusty highway, the heath, 
the common, the hedgerows, the rolling downs, camps, villages, towns, cities, here today, up and off to somewhere else tomorrow. Travel, change, interest, excitement, the whole world before you, and a horizon that's always changing. And mind, this is the very finest cart of its sort that was ever built, without any exception. Come inside and look at the arrangements. Planned them all myself, I did. I'm always tremendously excited and interested and followed him eagerly up the steps and into the interior of the caravan. The rat only snorted and thrust his hands deep into his pockets, remaining where he was. It was indeed very compact and comfortable. Little sleeping bunks, a little table that folded up against the wall, a cooking stove, lockers, bookshelves, a birdcage with a bird in it, and pots, pans, jugs, and kettles of every size and variety. All complete, said the toad triumphantly, pulling open a locker. You see, biscuits, potted lobster, sardines, everything you can possibly want. Soda water here, backy there, letter paper, bacon, jam, cards, and dominoes you'll find, he continued as they descended the steps again. You'll find that nothing whatever has been forgotten when we make our start this afternoon. I beg your pardon, said the rat slowly as he chewed a straw, but did I overhear you say something about we and start and this afternoon? Now, you dear good old ratty, said Toad imploringly, don't begin talking in that stiff and sniffy sort of way, because you know you've got to come. I can't possibly manage without you. So please consider it settled, and don't argue. It's the one thing I can't stand. You surely don't mean to stick to your dull, fusty old river all your life and just live in a hole in a bank and boat? I want to show you the world. I'm going to make an animal of you, my boy. Graham reports that there were further protestations from Rat, but eventually he relented his toad, painted the prospects of the trip and the joys of the open life and the roadside in such glowing colors, and Mole could hardly sit in his chair for excitement. Rat could not bear to disappoint his two friends, who were already deep in schemes and anticipations, planning out each day's separate occupation for several weeks ahead. When they were all quite ready, the now triumphant toad led his companions to the paddock and set them to capture the old gray horse. At last the horse was caught and harnessed, and they set off, all talking at once, each animal either trudging by the side of the cart or sitting on the shaft as the humor took him. It was a golden afternoon. The smell of the dust they kicked up was rich and satisfying. Out of thick orchards on either side of the road, birds called and whistled to them cheerily. Good-natured wayfarers passing them gave them good day or stopped to say nice things about their beautiful cart. And rabbits, sitting at their front doors in the hedgerows, held up their forepaws and said, Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! Late in the evening, tired and happy and miles from home, they drew up on a remote common far from habitations, turned the horse loose to graze, 
and ate their simple supper sitting on the grass by the side of the cart. Toad talked big about all he was going to do in the days to come, while stars grew fuller and larger all around them, and a yellow moon appearing suddenly and silently from nowhere in particular came to keep them company and listen to their talk. At last they turned into their little bunks in the cart, and Toad, kicking out his legs, sleepily said, Well, good night, you fellows. This is the real life for a gentleman. <laughs> Wayfaring, peregrinating, trekking, caravanning. The real life for a gentleman or for a gentlewoman. But as for Jean and me, for Mac and Molly, we won't be attempting to coax the old gray horse to pull our cart. Instead, we'll be in search of a well-trimmed, heavy-duty, dual-rear-wheeled, say that three times fast, truck capable of towing 18,000 pounds of fifth-wheel trailer. That's the option we're looking to pursue. There are a great many out there, so many options. And contemporary caravans, recreational vehicles, are decked out in ways that would have completely sent Mr. Toad and his friends over the edge in wonder. I'll tell you more about them, from luxury buses to toy haulers, right after these messages. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to 1-800-PetMeds.com forward slash road R-O-A-D to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. Marcy Davis and my service dog Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. 
Radio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> You're listening to Pet Life Radio's On the Road with Mac and Molly. This is your host, Donna Haleson. We've been focusing in this episode on some of the itches and inspirations that have motivated Gina and me to get out on the open road with our old English sheepdogs, Mac and Molly. In the introduction to the show, I shared a bit about the wonderful adventures we had early on in our marriage, traveling in first a Chevy Blazer and later a StarCraft Class C motorhome. To get us all on the same page and to help newbies get acquainted with the basics, let's start with a review of the two types of recreational vehicles, motorized RVs and towable RVs. The first type has the driving compartment within the vehicle. The other requires a motorized vehicle to haul it about. Three classes are found within the category of motorized RVs. The Class A looks like a bus, but the driver and passenger seats swivel around to become living room furniture when the rig is parked. Each unit has, at a minimum, a bathroom, kitchen, dining room, living room, and bedroom. These units generally range in weight from 15,000 to 30,000 pounds and stretch from 24 to 40 feet in length. They come with almost every imaginable creature comfort and most feature at least one automatic slide-out. At the touch of a button, folks can extend the slide-out, a portion of their RV's exterior wall, outward to expand the living space. These units can sleep up to eight people, depending on the model and the floor plan. Of course, all those features come at a price. Even lower-end models often top $100,000, and the upper end can run $2 million plus. The Class A's usually tow a car behind, and that car is affectionately referred to as the towed, as in T-O-A-D, not T-O-W-E-D. Next time you see this configuration on the road, perhaps you'll be reminded of the wind in the willows and Mr. Toad. Although the mileage is not so great on the motorhome, the toad may get excellent mileage and can be used for local transportation and sightseeing. If a car is trailered rather than towed, the trailer and car in RV parlance is sometimes called the dinghy. Some folks also refer to the towed car alone as the dinghy. The Class B RVs, also known as camping conversion vans, are built within the dimensions of a van, but with modifications to provide basic living accommodations. Models usually range from 16 to 21 feet in length. These units are more compact, but can be, again, quite pricey. They contain the same lifestyle amenities as their bigger brothers, but usually on a much smaller scale. The Class C's, RV units built on van-type chassis and sometimes referred to as mini motorhomes, are 16 to 32-foot scaled-down versions of the Class A's. RV Coach Online notes that these vehicles range in weight from 10,000 to 12,000 pounds. Class C motorhomes are usually equipped with a sleeping bunk above the cab and a bed at the rear. They may also have dinettes that convert to beds so that up to eight might be accommodated. 
Like their Class A Big Brothers, many Class C units feature one or more slide-outs to quickly extend the motorhome's living spaces. In a Class C unit, one usually finds a full array of appliances, entertainment features, a shower, sink, and toilet. These units are heated and air-conditioned, fitted with a propane gas supply, and a battery-operated electrical system. They carry water tanks, fresh water, gray water, which comes from the sinks and the showers, and black water coming from the toilet. Prices range from 50000 to about 150000 So, motorized rigs, Class A, bus, motorhome, Class B, van conversion, Class C, mini motorhome. Well, next we have the towable RVs. Included in this category are the fifth wheelers, toy haulers, travel trailers, pop-ups, and slide-in camper shells. Fifth wheel campers, a.k.a. fivers, tend to be the most expensive of the towable RVs. These 22 to 40 foot units must be towed by heavy duty trucks with large towing capacities. So potential owners have to be careful to calculate the gross vehicle weight, GVW, which is the actual weight of the fully loaded vehicle or trailer, including all the cargo, fluids, passengers, and optional equipment. If you have a motorhome, and are not towing anything, the GVW is the total weight of the RV and everything in it. But if your RV is composed of more than one unit, your tow vehicle and your towed vehicle, then you need to consider, in addition to the GVW, the GCW, the gross combination weight, the total of the tow vehicle and the towed vehicle to make certain you have a truck that can do the job. A gooseneck hitch drilled into the bed of the truck is used to connect the trailer to the truck. That center bed hitch provides stability so fifth wheel owners don't deal with the swaying back and forth with which many travel trailer owners must contend. The inside of the fifth wheel trailer has all the amenities of the self-contained motorhomes and often with more varied living room layouts. So in one of these you might find full-sized kitchen appliances, solid wood cabinetry, crown molding, solid surface countertops, leather recliners, a slide-out kitchen pantry, a microwave or convection oven, one or more televisions, a computer workstation with data port hookups, surround sound entertainment systems, satellite radio, a full-sized washer and dryer, a king-sized bed in the master bedroom, an electric fireplace, a central vac, a full-size shower stall with glass doors, and an outside cooking grill. The fifth wheel has one subtype, the toy hauler, an RV designed to carry toys, big toys, small cars, dune buggies, four-wheelers, motorcycles, scooters, jet skis, canoes, snowmobiles, and so on. The toy hauler has a large door at the rear, which opens down to create a ramp. Camping Earth notes that the ramp is usually as wide as the hauler, so it's easy to load and unload. With the exception of the cargo area, toy haulers are pretty much like other fifth wheels, except the living area is smaller. They also usually come with or have the option of adding on at least one generator, a fuel tank, and a larger than normal water tank. Some people who own toy haulers put furniture in the cargo area when they are going camping and are not taking any toys with them. The cargo area then becomes a spacious living room. Next in the category of towables is the travel trailer, also known as the tag-along. These units hitch to the rear of a tow vehicle and come in a variety of sizes, from a small bedroom on wheels to the equivalent of a Class A motorhome without the engine and transmission. 
RV Coach Online notes that travel trailers may range in length from 10 to 35 feet. Many feature a slide-out to quickly extend the unit's living space. Travel trailers must be pulled by a separate tow vehicle. For most travel trailers, tow vehicles must be equipped with a load-distributing hitch and other special devices designed to control the sway of the trailer. Nonetheless, most full-size sedans, vans, SUVs, and pickup trucks are up to the job. Moreover, manufacturers have been introducing lighter weight models in recent years to reduce the burden of towing. Travel trailers usually provide cooking facilities, a refrigerator, heating, air conditioning, a self-contained toilet, a shower, all the water tanks, faucets, sinks, a propane gas supply, and a separate battery-operated electrical system. They can sleep up to eight people, depending on the model and floor plan. Prices range from around $10,000 to $100,000. Well, and then we have the pop-up trailer, also known as the fold-down, tent trailer, or camping trailer. These units are designed from the ground up to be lightweight and inexpensive while providing many of the conveniences found in a basic travel trailer. Because of their relatively small size, folding camping trailers can easily be towed by a typical mid-sized car and even compact cars in some cases. A folding camping trailer can be thought of as a large expandable tent built on a trailer. Most models incorporate a rigid roof and a lift system to expedite setup. Because the sides collapse for towing and storage, the units take up very little space when not in use. RV Coach Online notes that folding camping trailers usually provide cooking facilities, a refrigerator or an icebox, heating, a fresh water tank, a wastewater tank, a faucet, a sink, convertible pull-out beds, a propane gas supply, and a separate battery-operated electrical system. They can sleep up to six people, depending on the model and the floor plan, and prices begin at around 4000 and can go as high as 25000 Well, finally, we have the truck campers, also known as pickup campers or slide-on campers. What we're talking here is a camper body loaded onto the bed of a standard pickup truck. RV Coach Online notes that with these, the tailgate of the pickup is usually removed and the camper unit is clamped to the truck. Because truck campers can be loaded and unloaded with relative ease, they are very popular among weekend RVers. Truck campers usually provide cooking facilities, a refrigerator or an icebox, heating and air conditioning, a self-contained toilet, fresh water tank, wastewater tank, a faucet, a sink, a propane gas supply, and a separate battery-operated electrical system. They can sleep from two to six people, depending on the model, and prices range from 5000 to 30000 so again, we've got the motorized RVs, Class A bus motorhome, Class B van conversion motorhome, Class C mini motorhome, and the towable RVs, fifth wheelers, toy haulers, travel trailers, pop-up campers, and truck slide-ons. Well, it's clear that RVs have certainly come a long way since Mr. Toad's little caravan, and even since Steinbeck's Rothenante. And they've certainly come a long way from the first wagons developed in France around 1810 that were built for onboard living rather than just for the toting about of persons or goods. A hundred years from that time, in 1910, the first motorhomes built on car or truck bodies began to appear in Canada. And by the 1920s, the RV was well established in the United States well before even the creation of the interstate highway system.
Today, the Recreation Vehicle Industry Association, RVIA, the National Trade Association, representing RV manufacturers and their component parts suppliers, estimates that nearly one in 12 U.S. vehicle-owning households now owns an RV. And today, the American Pet Product Association estimates that 62% of all U.S. households include a pet. 45% dogs, 38% cats. Now, while I did not find recent statistics on how many pets are brought along for the ride in RVs, it would seem likely, as these studies are considered side by side, that a lot of pets are on the road. So, here we are, Jean, Mac, Molly, and I, preparing to add ourselves to that number. In the episodes ahead, we'll be sharing everything from hints on preparing RVs for pets to locating pet-friendly campgrounds and play areas, and we'll share recommendations on books you might want to consult, like Camping and RVing with Dogs by Jack and Julie Meltzer. Well, that's it for today. Many thanks to our sponsors and producers who have made this show possible. Please join us next time when I'll tell you all about all that went into auctioning our home and what big glitch reared its ugly head, or perhaps I should say shoulder, right after that day. In the meantime, we'll continue packing up our stuff, prepping for the road, and petting our puppies. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for the show, including dog-friendly places needing a shout-out, great events to attend, intriguing folks you think we ought to meet, please drop me a line at Donna at PetLifeRadio.com. We'd love to hear from you as we prepare to head out on the road with Mac and Molly. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.